Welcome to the Talking Poem Podcast. I'm your host, Charlie Green. This is a short solo episode. If you follow me on Instagram or Facebook, you may have seen that our oldest cat, Lavender, passed away unexpectedly. And then Sunday night, my wife's uncle Jack passed away. And she's from rural Alabama. And for her, cousins and uncles are as close to her as her nuclear family. And so that loss has hit her hard, as did the loss of our cat. I, for one, would like to stop tearing up. So I wasn't going to record an episode this week, uh, but I had a strange experience. I was reading a lot of elegies and I was looking for solace and language. And I ended up getting angry at most of the elegies that I read. And it wasn't that they were bad poems, far from it. They ranged from very good to spectacular, but they weren't enough about these losses that we've had this past weekend. It's not that I have to relate to a poem to like it or that a poem should capture some you know, non-existent universal feeling, but I was wanting to read a poem that would echo what I was feeling in a specific kind of way, mainly because I couldn't name it. The word grief just isn't enough. And I stumbled on a small realization. And before I get to it, I should say sometimes I have what I think is a realization and it turns out it's not a realization for most people. And they've known it for a long time. So a couple of years ago, I was sitting in a doctor's office and realized that horizon and horizontal were basically coming from the exact same root, meaning the same thing. And I was so excited to tell Charlotte when I came home and she gazed at me like I had come home and said, discovery, sky is up. And she told me she learned that in the second grade. And thank God she said second grade because I skipped the second grade so I could use that as my excuse. But the realization I had this week is this. We'll never stop writing elegies because death never stops. It's the reason we always have poems and the reason we always have elegies. Despite the idea that there's nothing new under the sun, death is new to each of us every time. It's a constant and we keep experiencing it differently. And it's hard not to make that sound gloomy. In one way, it's a fact of the planet. Something is always dying somewhere. And in another way, it's shockingly literal for the Palestinian people. For example, death just keeps coming. And so an elegy is never just the marking of someone's passing. I think it's an attempt to fend off the next death and to immunize ourselves, hopefully, against that next different feeling. It's an attempt, I think, to acknowledge that death is a constant, but also something we can try to forestall even for a second. I don't know, maybe now that I'm saying this aloud, it's not a revelation to most people, or maybe it's wrong. I don't know. Sky is up, sky is down. On to the poems. I did read two elegies this week that captured a significant portion of what I've been feeling, so I did want to share them here and talk about them briefly. And they both work for me in part because of how rhyme works in both of them. The first one is by Kevin Young, and it's an excerpt from uh, his book of hours. It originally appeared in the New England Review in 2007, and it just is under the title From Book of Hours. How to listen to what's gone, to moan and learn. The geese don't seem to mind winter anymore. Stay put and graze. No more their calls against the dusk, nor their arrows sent against this tin-type sky. Its silver face, once touched, 
begins to fade fingerprint gray. Letters I've never sent. This life we're only renting. Battered the world is. Bartered. Wander over it. The stars finding us wanting. And there's a lot I really love about the poem. Just to, so you can imagine it on the page if you don't go to the link in the show notes. The lines are very, very short. And it's two line stanzas until the last line, which is its own stanza, uh, which is us wanting. And so we get how to listen, break to what's gone. And there's something about, you know, the terse lines here, I think, in a way it's obvious that that helps capture that sense of absence. But what the poem does for me, or one of the things the poem does for me, is there's the weird off-kilterness of the rhymes and the way that sound moves in the poem. How to listen to what's gone to moan and learn. And so there's this move from gone to moan and learn where we get that N sound in each time and that uh, oh, er, and moan even sort of looks like mourn. And so in a way it feels like it's just off from that. And then we get the geese don't seem to mind. And so there's something about the way it's sonic and off kilter in that way. We get it in tintype sky, which fades to fingerprint gray. The The sound is embodying the change, I want to say. And then where we move at the end, letters I've never sent. This life we're only renting. And these rhymes, by the way, these are all end words. So, you know, there is that emphasis of them on the page where we get those end words, like from gone, learn, and mind, the sky to gray. So these are end words and lines. This life we're only renting. So sent to renting. And then battered the world is bartered. And that's within one stanza. Battered the world is the first line of it. And then just bartered. And it's a moment for me that the poem that crystallizes in the poem where in a way grief is something where it's just changed and the language can't quite get at it. And that's what people often say after death. You know, I don't know how to put this feeling in words and we and part of it is the way in which the words change i feel like the sound is embodying that and so battered to bartered and then also uh sent to renting to us wanting and for me those echoes are just really powerful a poem that this was a poem that really did give me that feeling that i wanted to see manifested in words somehow other than just to feel like this kind of hurt the other poem is by Edna St. Vincent Millay. It's a very short poem, and it's not one I had come across before. I read a lot of her poems, and it's possible I read it at some point and forgot it. The poem is called Ebb. I know what my heart is like since your love died. It is like a hollow ledge holding a little pool left there by the tide, a little tepid pool drawing inward from the edge. I'm going to read it again, and I just want to mention two things. It's a seven-line poem. The first line doesn't rhyme with anything, and the rest of the lines have a rhyme pair. I know what my heart is like since your love died. It is like a hollow ledge holding a little pool left there by the tide, a little tepid pool drying inward from the edge. And pool and pool is not just a rhyme, but the same word, but deliberately there because it captures that frustration a little pool a little tepid pool you can hear the kind of anger in that and for me the 
lines that rhyme so closely for me keep bringing me back to I know what my heart is like and the way that that is hanging lonely. And it actually, it made me feel that off-kilterness, but the poem is called Ebb. The tide has gone out. The tide is going to come back in. So even though it feels like that little pool that is going to slowly evaporate and dry and, and become less and less over time in incremental ways, the tide's going to come back in. And for me, that offers both an echo that I wanted to see in a poem of what I've been feeling uh, since this weekend, and then also something that I want to take as a reminder of hope. Thanks for listening. No funnies this week, but I can promise you in the next episode, I am going to have an ad that may be the wackiest yet. I'm just, I'm, if you like the humor in the show, you are going to be really delighted. You will laugh and groan and laugh. Thanks so much for listening. As always, have a great day. Go read some poems, pet some dogs, pet some cats too, and support striking workers wherever you find them. Bye.